ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಭುನತ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿದ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶ್ರೀಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಗುಡ್ ಮಾರ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಗುಡ್ ಈವ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಟು ಗೋ ಬ್ಯಾಕ್ ಟು ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಜಿ ಡಿ we discussed uh, shloka 26 to 30 we repeated that again but with the emphasis on the later part of the two shlokas 29 and 30 is what we discussed um if when i look at 29 basically uh, it talks about ascharyavat pashyati kaschidenam ascharyavat vadati tathaivat chanya ascharyavat chainam anyashrunoti shrutva penam vedana chaiva kaschit so basically this we discussed for quite quite a bit in terms of uh, how does one uh, uh, how, how does how does one feel when suddenly when some someone is told that you know you are there is there is somebody else within you and which is which is who you are and not not exactly the other identity that we have been assuming so far so some of us we discussed uh, we explained how how we felt about that you know uh, we felt that you know it's like it's um, it seems it seems to be pretty you know um surprising that you know there is somebody else that who we are and not exactly what we as you that was one thing that we discussed uh then uh, the then we discussions also pivoted uh, truly in terms of uh, understanding the practical implicate implications of realizing who that person who i am who i am truly right so uh, we we talked about how we can apply that particular knowledge of who we truly are in our real life in in the practical way and some of us we explained about um, um um the fact that you know that the moment we say that we are not the body we are not the mind but we are somebody else just that just that intellectual awareness itself can shift the perspective in terms of how we see our relationship with with this entire world with even our family friends and everybody else we discussed that part of it um then uh, i think there was a uh, definition of satchitananda that we discussed uh, basically which says that uh, sat means that is eternal that is there always and the rest of all is asat which means it it looks like existence but not necessarily real or all the time permanent we discussed that part of it chit means it's it's got that uh, consciousness within it and uh, uh, ananda means like you know if you have if something is eternal and if something is uh, uh, conscious but if it is not quote unquote ananda or happy then we don't want it so we would want sachitananda because that is that is that eternal um, uh, uh, that's the eternal one that is there within us the indweller within us the dehi within us that's we discussed that part of it we also discussed a little bit about krishna tatva but i'm not sure what i don't remember i did not recall uh, i did not uh, re- listen to the gd uh, in this week i did not even upload it sorry for that i don't recall what uh, we discussed so maybe uh, you know someone can add that um, but before we went on to discussing about how ascharya expresses itself in uh, in many people in different ways we also talked a little bit about uh, the previous gd where we talked about you know how we view relationships where when the expectations are met 
then the relationship strengthens. This was a key summary that I noted it down. And when it is not met, the relationship weakens. And then in that discussions, we started discussing about uh, uh, the concept called, there is nothing called unconditional love. Okay, and there's always a quid pro quo expectations in all our relationships. We discussed that part of it. And uh, uh, then we also discussed the fact that, um, you know, especially as uh, parents and, uh, uh, you know, when we include others in our sense of identity, like, for example, when you think that your kid is, uh, your kid is a part of you or kid is you, then that bothers us. Right. And uh, then we, we, then we kind of, you know, uh, if something happens to the kid, then it worries us. And we discussed how to, uh, how to uh, view that particular situation. And I think the, the discussion centered on, uh, you know, viewing the fact that, you know, the moment you think that the kid is different from you, then, uh, you, know, you, you know, what happens to the kid and what happens to you will impact us. But the moment you think that there is no difference between you and the kid, which is the Atma, which is between both, both the kid and us, which is the same entity, then, you know, suddenly there is no, no cause of worry at all. But I guess that, you know, that's, that's what is going to take time for all of us to understand and uh, start implementing it in practice. And one of the thoughts that we uh, discussed was, you know, every day in the morning, you get up, you say Nirvana Shatakam, you understand what exactly Nirvana Shatakam is saying, and you try to cut new grooves in the mind by stating okay, who you are not and then reasserting to yourself as to who you are as one of the practical tools that we can use to uh, uh, start you know, uh, uh, identifying yourself with the who, who the real you, you is. So that's what we discussed and uh, I don't have, I have not written um, what, uh, what I've not written anything else beyond this. Uh, there's one thing, you know, one thing which I remembered when, uh, you know, of course, we did not discuss this, but nevertheless, I will uh, share this. So we talked about the mother's love for, for the child, right? And, uh, you know, I believe, you know, at, at, there is a particular stage in uh, the kid's evolution, which Swami Guru Parananda talks about. I believe it's less than uh, one year, about less than one year, when uh, if the kid is hungry, Right. And, uh, you know, the kid, when kid, the kid asks for food, the mother gives the food and, you know, the mother feeds the food with, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, to, to the kid. Right. And the kid observes this saying that, okay, hey, uh, you know, when, when somebody is, when, when I'm hungry, okay, the mother is giving me food in my mouth. So when mama says I'm hungry to the kid, let's say jokingly, apparently the kids actually take the food and give it to the mom's mouth and not to their own mouths. So when they are hungry, when the, sorry, when the kid is hungry, okay, and when the kid wants to eat by itself, and there is a point of time when the kid does not realize that it is different from the mother, and its mouth is different from the mother's mouth, but it goes and gives the food to the mother, I believe. I do not know how far it is true, but, uh, you know, uh, it's it sounded pretty cool. I thought I'll tell you guys about it. <laughs> All right. So we have a lot to cover today, but no, no hurry. We have 10 shlokas to cover, but we can go slow as well. So, so in this set of shlokas, uh, uh, I guess that, uh, you know, Krishna is putting forth different arguments than the, the highest spiritual level arguments. So as usual, anyone can start off wherever that, that we want to start off with our aha movements.
Yeah, so maybe I can start off. Looks like looks like all of us are uh, revising the notes. <laughs> what we have. So I think uh, the mo- the one of the most interesting thing that struck me, you know, I I, I deliberately you know started um, putting what I was um, 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 uh, you know realizing when I was reading this text into the WhatsApp group because I know that I will forget it later on. That was the reason why I did that. So one of the things that that was very interesting for me was to understand the concept of. Swadharma, right? You know, the uh, the thing is, it, maybe for Krishna it is very easy, and uh, this is a this is a question that kind of you know sometimes I get confused. Maybe for Krishna it is pretty easy that Arjuna was a warrior and you know maybe eight foot eight foot ten inches or whatever. I don't know how how tall Arjuna was, and with uh, you know big shoulders and ability to fight, and so he was very clear. And also Krishna is Krishna, so he knows everybody. But you know when we when we start looking in the current context where there's quote unquote no war as in the mahabharata war uh, equivalent here when you're living your normal life and when um, that life doesn't look like a battlefield uh, how do you how do you determine what is your dharma that was a question that uh, i want to trigger here you know what what are your thoughts on that Uh, this is Vidya. Um, I really liked how I think it was Ajay who posted um, that in what phase you are in life, your swadharma may um, change depending on what stage you are. However, um, I would uh, I was going through uh, something in our family. It's uh, and I would like to share. So so my daughter is uh, pretty you know, like a Satyavadi Harishchand. Um, and as you know, in, in families, there are different degrees of who is very Satyavadi and who is like able to say white lies and who is not and who's be with, with those white lies or not be with those white lies. And uh, with pandemic, um, you know, at school, a lot of uh, her friends are at home. She goes to school, she's hybrid. And some of the boys and girls uh, would like to cheat and they're completely okay with it. Um, she's not. She's one of those a um, little bit more Satyavadi. And um, to get her grades, her, her, her dad said, maybe you can do some white lies. It's okay. And she was not okay with that. And um, she has friends, boys and girls who would text her you know, this is what you got in the exam. Please read up this. <laughs> and she got it just before her calculus exam, two questions, and it was, it seems really bad. And she said, no, I'm not looking at it. And that's her swadharma. She was completely fine with that. She got one question right, the other question not right. But when she came out and said, how, how was your calculus exam? I asked her when I picked her up and she said, it was very good because I didn't cheat. So that's, that's her. Um, I can say that, you know, my son would have definitely looked at it. <laughs> I have two kids and they are different and that's their Swadharma. Like, um, and as parents, we have to just encourage how they would be happy. So at that moment, she said, maybe I shouldn't share with my, uh, you know, with Appa. Uh, but I can share with you, this is what I did. I didn't look at that. And I'm so happy I didn't look at that because I could solve one problem and that's all I needed. 
So I said, you did the right thing because that's the time we just read about what is Arswadharma. So it was really helpful for me to just, you know, not say things and just agree with her and just be with her. Um, and that was my Swadharma, like as a, as a mother, that was my Swadharma to just be with her and not say anything. So it was very interesting uh, to, to see how within the family, how we have to be and how we have to let go our own, um, you know, ichas or desires <laughs> at that time. Uh, and be with that person and be with another person. Um, as soon as I came home, I have my son, you know, he's telling me something different and I had to be with her him as well. So it was pretty conflicting at the same time, uh, pretty satisfying to just be with two different kids and, and satisfy their uh, swadharma. Very interesting uh, the way you put it with you. I mean, slight sort of variation from the way you describe the use of some of the, the words. Uh, at least if you look at the framework that Swami FPG has given, I think more than your, you know, the kids Swadharma, it was probably their Swabhava, right? Their proclivities or their Vasanas or whatever, right? So, that, they started, so that was their starting point, that their Swabhava was different. The fact that, uh, you know, your daughter followed the right thing is kind of in line with what is called the sadharan dharma uh, or what is the right thing to do, which is satyam, right? Whereas your son was probably okay with it, right? Yeah, yeah. Take like the next one, I mean, as the mother, your vishesh dharma was to tell them not to do it. Right, as a mother, because that is your specific duty in the context of the two children, right? And you probably did that. Uh, so it's very interesting the way SPG kind of uh, describes it. There's a whole sort of uh, almost half a lecture that he goes on Swatharma. But uh, I was kind of very, very sort of, uh, I, I quite kind of like the way he described it because he said it depends on, you know, what stage of your life you're in. So that's obviously important. But the one which really caught my attention was this whole. Uh, varna or the caste system where you, you know, historically it's been divided into the four varnas and that yeah. you are uh, one of the varnas by birth, right? Whereas I think in today's modern context, uh, in the world that we live in, it is really, uh, you know, depends on your inclinations, which is more of your inner nature, your inner calling. And that I guess is is a function of your vasanas, which then determined what is it that you want to do, or uh, you know where does where, where do you what do you enjoy doing? Uh, so it doesn't have to be you know I, I mean I I could be a my father could be a Brahmin, but doesn't mean that I have to be a Brahmin. I could have uh, Vesha tendencies, for example. Uh, so that, that's something that at least I kind of related to quite 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 well, and I really like that framework which I shared with. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, that was that was in line with what we think and what we we do. And if we are completely happy with what we are doing, it, it, you know, and and not looking at other person what other person is doing, but doing what we are, you know, santushed with, right? Um, and that's the that that's what is our swadharma. Yeah. Um, so but Ajay, you put it very nicely. Um, yeah, I, I was. I, I, 
thinking. Sorry, Vidya, complete your. No, I'm going to go back to uh, SPG's lecture. I'll search for that and, and <laughs> I will, listen to I will, it. I will share it with everyone. Sure. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same kind of, I was looking at the example of somebody like, uh, you know, thinking through an example like Buddha or something who was born like a prince and mainly his, probably as a prince, his duties were something, but he gave up everything and went off to the forest and became, so what was his, so I was trying to think in the context of what was his swadharma, was it like to be a prince and fulfill his duties or just to, uh, you know, follow his heart or whatever he wanted to do. Um, so I think in the context of what you said, you know, earlier, it seems like we, Swadharma, if somebody can clarify is like, we follow what we feel is right for us, regardless of whether you, in the Varna system, whether you're born a Kshatriya or whatever, you have certain duties to do. Um, you know, how does that fit in? <laughs> That is interesting, Anjali. Like, uh, at what point point of uh, your life would you know what is your swadharma? What is your swadharma? I mean, I would have thought that you know the whole Gita thing is telling Arjuna, you're a Kshatriya, and it's your duty to you know. So in that context, as Buddha was born a prince, and you know it was his duty to do whatever good to his people, but yet he gave away everything and went to the forest. So what was his swadharma? Was it to follow what his heart was telling him or was it to follow where he was at the time? I think in the context of Arjuna, sorry, in the context of Arjuna, I think he was born a Kshatriya, of course, and his, uh, and his tendencies were also one of a warrior. I mean, he was a warrior prince. He was very good at archery. He had, so in a way, sort of his Janma, Varna and his natural Varna was the same. But I think the point at least the way I understood it is that, you know, your your varna in terms of what is your varna by birth is not necessarily the only guiding factor in terms of what is your sabhav is probably more important because then then that determines uh, you know what you do and when when you're clear about what you're doing then that kind of uh, is an important uh, determinant of what is your swadharma. So in case of Buddha, of course, you know, he was, he was born a, whatever, I mean, a prince, but obviously his, his, his proclivities were different. And so he did the right thing. And once he chose that path of uh, being a, being a Brahmin or uh, an enlightened soul, he, he, he went all the way and he did what he had to do from that perspective. I see three hands raised, four hands raised now. So we can we can go with the order that I have here on my screen. Kishore. Oh, I, I think Krishna and uh, Chitra raised their hands before me. So Krishna, okay. go ahead, please. Yeah. Okay. Um, sure, yeah. Uh, so on, on that point of uh, Buddha and Swadharma, I think like in one of Swami SPG's uh, lectures, he actually gave this thing more on the context of whole of Vedanta and like how to, it was, Phrase, I think, like more for like a Western audience, how to lead a happy life. And he was saying, like, do things that come naturally to you, do things that are you are very good at. And then he slowly went, do things which kind of make not only you happy, but also others happy. The bigger the circle is, the better. And then also the things that bring you uh, what what 
modern psychology calls flow where you are like fully involved so you are not thinking too much about the past or about the future or about the results you are just doing the thing for the sake of its own reason and that kind of brings you that momentary happiness but if you can keep extending that moment forever then you are doing a very good task and then once you have found a task then make the task something beyond immediately about yourself and your family then the more the bigger the impact the better and i think like in buddha's case it that kind of if if in one way instead of looking at it as a prince the impact he has like had on the uh, hundreds of millions or billions of people he felt like oh this is like no longer me as an individual soul i am beyond all this like i'm just for the world so i need to do things that that kind of have to figure out the suffering thing once and for all and try to have my way of explaining to the people and get them out of this thing as well. so maybe that that part explains about the buddha uh the second thing was on uh, swami omkarananda who recently passed away so i was listening to his some of his lectures on chapter 2 and he made a very nice point like uh, lord krishna does not randomly tell somebody go and fight he tells it specifically catered to arjuna who already came to the battlefield dressed up ready to fight and kill and then he says i am going to go away so it's not like he pick somebody and said no 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 you are a kshatriya or born kshatriya go fight but to a person who came but who was trying to back out for the wrong reasons that that he said no 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 this is not good you have come all this way even if you go you are going to be still thinking about this you might as well just do it and then do your duty and then go on so that was like again like one nice back of my mind thing uh, but it was nice unnoting this thing clarifying uh, clarifying part um, on the thing oh on the on the swadharma i had like a small story to share that i read so there is this sadhu who is uh, doing his meditation and praying and he notices an insect it's about to walk off the wall or the the well and it's about to fall off some cliff uh, and then the sadhu picks up that insect and then tries to put it back in the land the insect bites him uh, and then a little bit later the insect is headed in the same way and it's again trying to go trying to not knowing that there is this cliff it's trying to fall off the, the sadhu does the same thing again it bites him once more so the disciple observes this for like about half a dozen times and he couldn't hold it anymore and he comes and asks like hey that insect is very poisonous it is going to bite you why do you keep trying to rescue it probably does not know and so the sadhu says like a creature of lower form with lesser senses is doing its swadharma just follows its own inclination to explore and go to a new place so as a person who is trying to be a sadhu i should also follow my swadharma so even if it's going to bite me i have to save it i am obligated to save it and he just keeps uh, pulling it out so i thought it share that's that's so beautiful krishna and in i i i love the way that you explained this and and you know what's happening is this story i have listened to it so many times but when it's put together in a context like what we discussing it makes a lot more sense actually thank you no 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 oh on that note like there is this japanese word ikigai which we might have discussed a lot before so that brings up this four con- context like so do ikigai is this uh, term for the feeling where you can do something you love what you are good at what the world wants and if you can also make money out of it so if you are like in the magic intersection venn diagram of all the four circles then that is ikigai and then they have like very nice cute things for when two of them meet or three of them meet what ends up happening i'll share that uh, diagram with you i have like that printed out and pasted near my uh, office desk it's a very beautiful concept they have like words for all this yeah anupama is important all these things like shoshin and it's it's a beautiful language You just stole my thunder, Krishna. 
<laughs> Lord Krishna wants thunder, not mine. <laughs> All right, who wants to go next amongst the people who have raised hands? Yeah, Chitra, you can go uh, ahead. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Krishna. Um, so, I, I really like Krishna, what you said. I think some parts is, I might be repeating what Krishna is saying, but I'll just go ahead and say. Um, when we're talking about Buddha, I think... Uh, he was born a prince, yes, but I, I'm not very clear if there were any battles at that time. So I'm going to assume there weren't any major army fighting at that time. So uh, he was basically uh, not doing much, right? Uh, I think he was uh, leading a life of luxury and, you know, uh, basically. Uh, so I think in Buddha's case, what it was, was his intention was still the same, right? His intention was... To protect, right? Uh, a Kshatriya protects a weak person or, you know, someone who's poor. Uh, his intention also, I think, is to protect. To protect how? If I can understand why there is sadness, I can protect all of the people who I know. And of course, that became bigger and bigger. Maybe it must have started with his whatever kingdom. Uh, to understand and get out of this problem, right? So I think it's the intention which kind of uh, decides uh, our swadharma, which keeps changing, because our intentions also keep changing. Uh, so obviously, my swadharma as a child, uh, uh, maybe my uh, what is it that's driving me? I think some uh, ikigai or something, right? It's very similar to that, right? What is what is the driving force? So I think in case of Buddha, the driving force was uh, to uh, protect, protect people from not getting, uh, protect people from uh, being unhappy, in a different way of looking at it. So yes, uh, we kind of associate Kshatriya with only taking up a weapon and, you know, fighting and things like that. But I think uh, you could, uh, in a sense, also say that he was fighting, but he was fighting a different war. He was fighting on a different level. Would be my uh, my two cents about it. If you know, if I may uh, take that on, actually, um, if I can start with that, I have two or three points. I'll try to make it be brief. Um, uh, with in Buddha's case, right? Uh, just to complete your point, see, it was not just uh, that we cannot look at it purely on the basis of their um, uh, profession or how or what they're supposed to do from their professional angle. Uh, you also look at it as, you know, this person is a, is, is a dad, is a mom, is a, is a son or a daughter, right? Is a brother, is a nephew or niece and so on, or a member of society. Um, and, and so you play different parts, right? So one important thing I think I did not hear is that it's very important to look at Swadharma from the perspective of different roles we play, right? So that's an important one. So uh, Buddha's case is interesting there because as a, he, you know, he was not just a, a warrior prince, but he was also a, a, a born, I mean, sorry, a father to a newborn baby when he left the house. So what does that mean? Um, and uh, he was a husband to a wife who had just given birth. So what does that mean um, in, in terms of Swadharma, right? Now, we'll come to that. I'm sure that is an open discussion. I don't, I, I, I just want to point that out, right? Um, so in other words, it, it depends on the role. 
right? So uh, to me, yeah, so Dharma then becomes what is the right thing to do from all these different roles that you play on a daily basis, right? So from moment to moment, we are playing multiple roles. And for each of those roles, what is the, um, what is the dharmic thing to do, right? So then that becomes your swadharma because there is a universal set of values such as uh, ahimsa and satyam and so on. And, and, and then there are special things, which I think uh, Ajay mentioned briefly as the, as the uh, vishesha um, dharma, right? Which is specific to you, right? As a, as a parent, as a son and so on. So those get added as well, right? So um, then so dharma becomes this combination of universal uh, truth, the universal dharma plus your special dharma. So th- that is one, right? Um, and uh, secondly, I wanted to point out about uh, uh, these roles, the, these varnas, right? So uh, I know it is covered later in the Gita, but I want to point out that uh, these four divisions of Brahmana, Kshatriya, um, is is basically the the was based on the gunas right and we'll learn that l- later in so the whole point is that uh, like if you take buddha's case as a case in point here he even though he was born a kshatriya right and, uh, so that is not as important as the fact that he is guna brahmana right so he his inclination his vasanas are um are more along the lines of um of introspection going into this path, right? So the whole point being, if you do not follow that, which is natural, which is your internal tendencies, then that could be a major conflict in you because you are being pulled in one direction because of your own natural instincts, but uh, society says you need to do something else. In that case, um, from what I understand, Gita says, follow your natural instinct. That's your number one way of doing it. If you're not able to find that, if you're not able to find out who you are, right, who you personally are, then follow what your parents have done, right? So, um, you know, that just gives you a plan B, in my opinion. The plan A is always this. Unfortunately, the whole caste system took it based on uh, plan B, which is the easier one to do, um, and made it into its own system, which is not what it's supposed to be, right? It's supposed to be based on the gunas. Uh, so, it, um, uh, so that's a very important point. Uh, it's an often, uh, what do you say? It could be a potential, uh, I don't know. Uh, people talk about this all the time and argue about it, but it's very, very clear to me that what they are trying to say is it's based on gunas um, because again, it, you want to reduce the mental conflicts that pull you in di- different directions when you're not doing what, is naturally coming to you. And that point comes to where Ikigai uh, plays a part, where very, very beautifully states that this is a Japanese concept. Uh, I, I would encourage everyone to take a look at it. And I've, um, I, I, I found that as a framework. At some point, it, it, to me, that's a good framework for explaining to people uh, what this can be translated to in a, in a more modern uh, sense of the word, if you will. Um, so these are two points that I, I just wanted to uh, bring up. So Kishore, I just want to add a quick thing. Um, I I saw somewhere Swami Chinmayananda was joking that if Arjuna had actually given up the war and gone to the forest, he would have taken the sword and chopped down every tree because that was who he was. <laughs> so, right, you right. Know, so in right. that context, Buddha and Arjuna, even though they were both born princes and stuff, they're 
yeah. inner uh, vasanas or inner things completely different because uh, different, one was right. truly a kshatriya at heart and the other one probably was more of a brahmin than a kshatriya so. exactly so that is the only thing that I, not the only thing that's the main thing that's important right and we need to um, you know uh, this way of thinking actually gets us away from the 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 more gross way of thinking which where which is where religion is today unfortunately right with the with the caste system based on birth to me it has to be birth on it has to be based on this um on the gunas and and then for the for individuals to understand because you know even in today's times you know we we spend a lot of time doing our profession whatever that may be and if we choose something that's not in tune with who you are as a uh, your personality is and what your tendencies are then there is a lot of conflict you may not be able to do your best you may not like your job and you, you know it can be miserable so by going in in line with it you you may you know out of the four circles that krishna mentioned what are you good at what what do you like to do um what the world needs which is meaning right purpose and what gives you money you know so that is a balance to all of these things and if you can find that intersection i i i keep telling my son this if you can find that intersection that is the goal of college actually it is not just to gain some academic knowledge but to find that intersection can you uh, repeat right those four right things thing. once again please yeah it is what you're good at right so that's your inherent personality traits what is that that's one circle second circle is what you like to do right third circle what the world needs right which is purpose you know that's how and the fourth one is what can give you money right so i can give you a personal thing from my time at google i know uh, krishna is still there but at least in in my case uh, i will say uh, the company is great obviously but then for me at some point uh during my seven years there during the seventh year um it became clear to me that i was doing you know uh i wasn't doing what i really like to do but i was um uh, I, i was good at it i the money was good but there wasn't a purpose in it right so i was doing something which did not have much meaning at least to me and i couldn't figure that out and at some point it felt like it was empty um i left and <laughs> went to a startup where i uh, took up a job which was giving me half the salary um or less uh, because then there could be a more balance between what i'm good at and what i could uh, what where there could be more meaning so um yeah i mean i i, I think that makes we all need to evaluate that uh, along these four axes and see what to which knob to turn and which one to uh, uh, turn down or up uh, so that again final final if you look at it this conflict is going to give us um, um it's going to agitate our mind we will not be at peace right so to remove that this is one of those things where it's very very important for us to consider and so that we can be at peace and uh, to krishna's point the flow uh the you know work right so uh, let me stop there i know i've been talking a lot um uh just wanted to point those things out beautiful well said can well i just said. ask a quick question uh, regarding this 
Absolutely. When do you when do you decide conflict is good and when do you decide conflict is actually making you grow? Interesting in way of looking at it. You know, I um, I view conflict um, internal conflict, right, uh, which cannot be resolved, right. You know, that that seems like a a background. noise that's always there it's like the stampura that's always there going on right which which might make you really ineffective in what we uh, want to do right it's going to be always there am i doing something wrong or am i doing this right that even though outwardly it might seem okay but internally somewhere behind there is this constant prick that's happening right it it might be the same thing when if let's say as a as a son i'm let's say i'm not taking care of my parent who you know who is in india let's say there is something pricking saying that have you done it have you done this or not right so that is also a sudharma right as a son what i am supposed to be doing um if let's say I'm, i don't do it that's going to prick me somewhere behind so and that's going to eventually affect everything else that i do in the other roles that i play so it is important to think along those lines and to make sure we are doing it so that that doesn't happen and that prick goes away right to me that's where again it comes down to the practical sense of why this matters well said it actually raises more questions for me but uh, i'll i'll park it at this point of time i know there are multiple uh, people who have raised their hands so just one thing you know if you don't mind you know if anybody has any point amongst the people who have raised the hands any point related to what we are discussing let's finish that thread and then let's move on to the next uh, thread rather than jumping from one topic to another topic yeah so my point i just I just wanted to say similar things what Chitra and Kishor uh, said. See, uh, our Swadharma. What I understand is, if we play different roles, we face different problems at in life at different stages. So, what is the right thing for me to do at a particular time? I guess that is what my Swadharma is. So, in case of Arjuna, for uh, Ranjini's question, in case of Arjuna. i think there was a battle which had to be fought so at that time his swadharma would be to fight the battle and not run away from him not run away from from it whereas for buddha maybe he was his kingdom was running smoothly and for him the impounding problem was the suffering of the people and to find an answer for that he went into meditation and you know and you know professed a philosophy to understand and you know uh to find a solution to the suffering of the people so at that time i guess that was the swadharma for him that was just my understanding yeah uh vp yeah i think manu raised a hand before me so if she has okay. uh, something to say i'll come after that thanks vp i i just wanted to um so my observation you know in by in reading this or my my view on this is that arjun needed to be reminded about his swadharma right he he was sort of not acting 
uh, as to what his swadharma was. So how how does one know what their swadharma is, or how how do we know if what we you know what we think we want to do at that point in time is actually our swadharma, or it's something else that you know we are shying away from, or we are uh, not recognizing in the moment. Great question. Yeah. I see many people raise hands, but uh, Vidya, can you 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 want you want to answer? Uh... Yeah, I I wanted to uh, answer what Manu was asking. Um, maybe it's not complete answer, but uh, it's interesting that Arjuna and what I've heard from different, uh, you know, um, SPG's conversations and other um, maybe Dushan Sridhar's conversations is that we as uh, um, human beings, sometimes we don't know our Swadharma and sometimes we are supposed to be reminded. And in one of the conversations with, I think, um, Dushant Fridars is during Mahabharata uh, even Arjuna doesn't ask what is his Swadharma like he, he is he is just telling that you know uh, these are my uh, you know emotions that are coming but he he's not clearly asking that and Krishna is trying to tell what is your Swadharma so I think we are very similar to how Arjuna is we are just giving our emotions and we are telling this is what is happening but we are not asking that question and it's it's interesting that that um, how dushyant brought it up saying that arjuna even after finishing the whole gita didn't did not ask his swadharma but whereas dronacharya after that when when everything is over and he explains his view of what is swadharma he says it's sometimes you have to really think of the Lord or whoever you pray and they will they will kind of tell you what is your swadharma. So it was interesting to know that um, because um, I think Rajesh sent it on, on the text like what is our swadharma, how to find that out. So I was like searching how do people find out that swadharma. So I came across these two. I just wanted to share that sometimes we don't know and maybe through you know, these kind of discussions, somebody will tell us or somebody will share their own experiences. And through that, we would know what is our Swadharma. It's not a you know, prescribed thing that for Vidya, this is the Swadharma, but by you guys sharing, maybe I will know what is my Swadharma at this time. So it was interesting how, you know, I couldn't come to a particular answer, but um, kind of understanding um, what uh, Dushyant had, you know, uh, was talking yeah. in his lecture and what, uh, you know, how SPG was talking in his lecture um, that sometimes just by listening to others, we would know our own Swadharma. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Vidya. That's, that's right. And I, I think there is... Uh, um, there's a different way of looking at it as well. And uh, one of the things that I have always struggled with is, uh, you know, um, like, like they say, right? Can when, I add when two you... things here? Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Sonali. So same thing as Vidya is saying, I, uh, what Manu is asking is, often we don't know what our Sadharma is. And that's why we need a guru, right? That's why, the, you know, the guidance of Gita, 
and the guidance of guru and the guidance of wise or learned people we need to remind us of our swadharma and what i mean what we need to do maybe at a particular time i mean most many people at many times of their lives don't know i think or are lost or don't know what their swadharma is what is the right thing for them to do at a particular time we need friends you, you need a wise person you need discussions to find out what is the right thing what is my swadharma Yes, no, that's 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 very very well said. And just continuing on that same uh, thing, right? You know, I think uh, uh, going back to what Ranjani were asking and uh, uh, Vidya, your your beautiful points. You know, I I came across this thing called as uh, in psychology this concept called Johari window. How many of you have heard of it? So yeah, you, you might want it, to look it up. I don't remember. Yeah, you might yeah. want to look it up. It's called Johari window, as in current Johar Johari Johari window. So basically, it's a two by two matrix which says, uh, you know, um, it's not an equally divided matrix, but um, uh, there is something that you know about yourself, and in one quadrant, there's something that you uh, others know about you that you also know about yourself. Uh, there's something that only you know about yourself. That's the first quadrant. Others also know about you, and you also know about it. That's the second quadrant. And the third quadrant is what others know about you, but you don't know about yourself. And the fourth quadrant is what others don't know about you, about you, and what you also don't know about you. That's the four quadrants. Okay. <laughs> and so the the smallest quadrant. I mean, if you take the quadrant as a relative size, uh, the relative size of the quadrant as the knowledge about your own self. The smallest quadrant is the one that you know about yourself. Okay, what do you think about you know about yourself, and you know then you can imagine and if you go go to Google and search for it, you'll get a very beautiful picture of Johari window. So what happens is you know to to your points right you know there are a few things that we already know about ourselves, but there are so many blind spots that we have that others know about us, but we don't know. So it's important for us to talk to others, people that we trust. Like to Sonali's point, right? People that we trust. It could be guru, whatever, and I you know nobody cares. And it could be friends, it could be uh, family members, parents. Right, uh, siblings. You talk to them to understand what your blind spots are. The moment you understand the blind spots, then you have a better view of who your personality is. But then there are still two more other quadrants which are there, which 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 you still don't know. You know, others may not know who you truly are. Right? You know, they see it from their own perspective. But the whole point is, when you use that framework, what happens is it gives you a way of going beyond your own view about who you are and say, oh, you know, somebody thinks I'm kind because I'm doing whatever. And somebody thinks I'm nasty because you know I did whatever, right? Then you know, yeah. At a, at some point of time, you'll come to a, come to a stage where you are able to put together uh, in words for yourself, saying that I I think I am this, but I think not necessarily this, but I have some more tendencies, and these are my tendencies. Then then you have a better framework, a starting point to say, okay, now I have this thing as a definition of myself, and now based on this. i want to now see what mapping of the roles what i'm doing does it map or not then what happens is then it becomes very easy for you to expand or contract what you're doing right and i found this very very useful and i struggled with this i struggled with this because there was a there was a point of time when i did not know who i was right and even before i uh, got into understanding what gita was vedanta was you know this tool johari window helped me to put together a context to myself right and then that i used as a starting point and then when i stumbled upon gita the johari window just went out 
So what I want to request all of you is, you know, if you have not, if you have not seen this concept of Johari window, um, you know, theoretically it's very, very simple concept to, uh, to use, but applying it to your own personal life will reveal a lot about your natural proclivities. That's what I would like to suggest you. There's still more hands. I think VP, you had you had said something, but then you stopped for Manu to say. So do you want to go? Yeah. So I was just uh, thinking of Swadharma, you know, as a matrix um, of you know roles on one side, depending on who you are as a parent or as a son or as a uh, business person or whatever. And then the four things you mentioned in your message, Rajesh, that spirituality, intellect, emotions, and customs, right? And whereas I think in Gita, what we are studying, it seems very clear that what Arjun is supposed to do at that point in time, but I'm not sure in life, it is, uh, especially on the big decisions, it is easy to you know, align all the four um, attributes in the same direction. And I think uh, that's, that's what I've been sort of thinking about. And uh, you know, my question, I had a question also uh, that, what Ranjini was saying about Gautam Buddha. And I was just thinking as she was talking that what if he did not get Nirvana? What if he did not uh, get what he was looking for? Because as a customs, he was as a custom, he was supposed to be ruling his kingdom and, and taking care of his wife and kid and whatnot. And you know, if he didn't get that, then did he really, you know, do his Sudharma? So I, I'm not sure that if it is uh, that easy, uh, especially when it comes to big decisions. But I also believe that, you know, people will come as others were saying to guide you, but it, it's not, it's not that simple. It's not that easy. It's more complicated. That's at least my observation. Yeah, it's surely an iterative process. I don't think you can get a two day workshop and somebody is going to tell you saying that this is who you are. It's not going to work that way. Uh, I have, I see four more hands, uh, five, sorry, four, yeah, four more hands, Muku Rajiv, one of you, first. Rajiv, go. Okay, so see, uh, this uh, Swadharma, I think, topic is not so easy. I have four points to make. I'll try to be as, as quick as possible. So I think, firstly, when Krishna is telling Arjun to fight the war, the way the shlokas are written, it often looks like he's saying, because you're a Kshatriya, you damn well fight it. But uh, I think what he's trying to tell him, you know, in our language is, Ki boss ye dharam yudha. And chupchab ladle, you know, because now I'll have to find somebody else to fight this war. Abhi time itta nahi hai mere paas. Dusra bandha kaha se create karo. Time hota to mein kar leta, abhi tu kar le ya. It's a dharam yudha. <laughs> okay, so, and you know, you have to do it for Lok Kalyan. So, Krishna is also in a lot of tension. Ki main itne kam time mein apna deadline so, <laughs> he can't need a new recruitment, training, you know, etc. So, that's in a lighter way. But what I mean is that it's not as much, it, it might be because he's Kshatriya, but it's because he's ordained to fight that damn war, you know, to get the dharam yuddha and do the lok kalyan. So I think that's one part. But, you know, whenever I have read Gita, it always looks like you are a Kshatriya, you damn well fight. So that's one point to the Ranjani's, you know, uh, that point of uh, 
you know, king versus, uh, you know, becoming the enlightened master. So I, that's one point. Secondly, I think this, uh, you know, the Varna concept in nowadays, you know, it's very simple. I think it all depends on where you are born. If you are born to a doctor, lawyer, you know, CA or a family business, then, you know, that's your Varna. If you're born to people like us who are working or a bureaucrat, so either you're, if you're a bureaucrat, you have to crack, crack the UPSC exam. Or if you're born to a, you know, especially in India, it's so competitive. If you're born to a guy who's doing a job, then he has to crack some competition, either a good engineering or a B school or something, right? So what I'm saying is, I think this uh, caste thing, I think is uh, gone. You know, I always joke, uh, Brahman might have employed a Vashya, you know. So I might be getting salary from a, you know, a Brahmin <laughs> employer who's the owner. So I think this Varna concept, I think it depends a lot on where you're born. And I think you have to just forget about the, you know, the Kshatriya and, you know, Vaishya and Shudra and Brahman. That's uh, one thing, another point I wanted to make. Third is, you know, this Swadharma, you know, I don't want to get in, long into it, but I have struggled long enough, you know, even in my to do psychometric testing and some of you guys, you know, whose uh, kids are about to go to college. So we used to joke, you know, so some of the guys used to say, sir, it's been four years in liberal arts college, mein, do crore rupees lag gaye, Indian rupees, but it's been four years in figure out what to do. So, you know, especially if you're earning in Indian rupees, so it's not easy, you know. So what I want to say is that, of course, do what comes naturally to you. But it's much easier said than done because sometimes you are just in love and it's an infatuation with a profession. And I'm sure, you know, some of you guys whose kids are, those who figured out in first and second year, you're very lucky, but those who didn't figure out even after, you know, so it's not easy, I want to say. And it's an oversimplification model to say that do what comes naturally to you because at different points in time, different things will come in naturally. Sometimes it will be photography. Sometimes it will be writer. Sometimes it will be a designer. Sometimes it will be a musician. Sometimes it will be a software engineer, investment banker. So it's not easy. That's what I wanted to say. And then the other thing is, you know, Lokalyan, I think is the only thing which I feel that again, in my characteristic, this thing, you know, ki I think doing what comes naturally to you is good lok kalyan because you'll spend you will spread less toxicity in the world so you know that way if you are happy in what you're doing i think that is also lok kalyan but that's again in a lighter way but the fact is yes you know if you know like steve jobs says you know love what you find and if you you got to what you know do what you got to find what you love and then do it so here what i want to say is yes if you're lucky you know, so if you're lucky, you know, it also pays the bills, but everybody is not that lucky. So yes, doing what comes naturally to you and the combination, if you intersect that with Lokalyan, you know, which is good for the society in general, which means your interest, capability, etc., etc. I think that's a good combination. The last point which I wanted to make is it always doesn't pay the bills, right? So that I have struggled with it long enough and I have several other people who are with me, you know, who let's say wanted to do something, tried their hand at something else. Like I fully agree, you know, with Kishore's model, you know, but the last one that somebody pays for it. Yes, you are good at it. People need it. You want to do it, but nobody pays you for it. Right. 
and uh, especially if you live in a country like where i am you know i mean because you are so those who are in a, you know different place where there are many opportunities you could make a living by you know singing or teaching or you know etc etc it's not so easy in india you know let's say i am very fond of teaching you know i don't know what i would do so etc you know so that's what i want to say i mean i just wanted to give some different flavor to this whole discussion that sometimes this oversimplified model of geeta you know is not easy and i can tell you you know one of the guy who used to train people for iit you know his own son is he's he's a very senior guy in fitji and when i was in education sector and my daughter was trying so you know he says that mera beta bhi kabhi musician banta hai kabhi kuch banta hai then he says nahi nahi mereko iit nahi karna hai so i said theek hai iit ke liye kitne ghante padhna padta hai beta kehta 18 ghante kehta 18 ghante music baja those 24 mahine tak and if you stick with it and you're still passionate about it you never think about anything else so you know i just want to say that i just wanted to give a different flavor i don't have a solution to give i don't have a prescription to give but i just wanted to you know add a different dimension to this whole discussion that findings for dharma and uh, sticking with it and ensuring you're able to you know make a living and feed your family and find fulfillment and you know not suffering from fomo you know main musician to ban gaya soso wala ya shayad main software engineer banta to google pahunch jata so that is another one which will you know bite you eat you and you know that sunshine will destroy you so sorry for taking it in a different way but i just thought i'll add this no discussion. no well said rajiv first of all you know you have no more excuses not to join our weekly gds okay <laughs> we, we, you have to be here every week <laughs> No, I've been so there, true. but I've been quiet. You know, last three series I've been just uh, watching. You know, so I didn't have much to say. <laughs> no, well said. Thank you so much. I think that's that's really good. I think uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I I struggle with that concept of swadharma. Right? It's so simplified in Gita, but uh, applying it in our real life, it takes a lot of a uh, lot of time. And I think you know, Rajiv, to your point, I think some of us. Uh, Probably are lazy to apply that concept. To be very honest with you, yes. we don't want to do it. It's not that you know we can't do it. We don't want to do it. That's the problem. What we have. Okay, I see more hands now. Uh, Muku, Muku, Alchitra sure. is still uh, there. Uh, hands and Alpana next. Okay. Hey Rajiv, I I still haven't figured out. So you said one two years and just FYI, right? <laughs> Your question. Uh, but you just have one. one <laughs> I th- I think ninety nine percent of the world is. pretty much the same board uh it's just one comment on swadharma at least based on how i i understood in the world uh swadharma is not a one fixed idea right it changes uh, that's definitely and if you look at even the varna system i think there is a comment it's by birth it is not by birth right so if you look at buddha's example he was born into a kshatriya family but as we start questioning who i am who what is my identity right and based on the answers that you find and how the answer evolves right the swadharma can change in one's life um then great example is angulimala who was who thought he was going to kill people was a swadharma then he met, meets buddha and then something transforms in him so he becomes enlightened right so the the journey from the identity that i carry the time the body and the emotions and the mind i need money all of these are kind of societal identities that we carry but i believe the the as swadharma is really you ask the question who i am authentically and whatever answer you get you follow that authentically 
and many times the journey will evolve to a point like buddha's example buddha had everything um, he was born a king pretty much he had everything so he found still an emptiness he saw death was happening and he could not answer the question right so he said i need to answer that question is is become more important for him so he just followed that with total integrity and passion right with authenticity he said i'm going to give up and just going to answer that one question and when he found the answer that became his kind of swadharma um and and that happens in all of our lives right so we start different identities what i found at least in my case is the over, over the years my identity of who i am um changes over time right uh, sometimes you think i'm this body i'm this businessman i need to do this i'm this employee but then at end of the day you start understanding all of that is not your true identity your true identity is something else so as you move the needle into the true identity that swadharma also changes over at least over one's life and it can till become one becomes enlightened that when you really truly understand what your dharma is uh, uh, i believe that's kind of how i understood conceptually um, that's why the varna system also is not by birth right if you look at a lot of examples uh, vishwakarma was uh, born as a brahmin but his mindset was a kshatriya mindset so he was trained into a kshatriya mindset is another rishi called jamadagini he was born a lower caste but his mindset was a brahman mindset but again the even the four varnas once you become enlightened you are beyond that you are all of that and something more so the the real journey is uh, what I, at least my understanding of the spiritual seeking is really answering that question who am i and then whatever the answer any point in time try to solve that and it and if it is ultimate it will stop you there if it is not ultimate it will lead you to the next question and and at any point in life following that through till the final answer is obtained uh, the journey of swadharma will evolve it's not so it's not one box you need to fit into but it is whatever box you are at be authentic and, and face it uh, don't get carried away by have to pay the bill or any of that right the bills because i carried away getting i think the paying the bills is a kshatriya mindset uh, sorry vaishya mindset right that's just one of the only one mindset of the four five we have right in our scripture we have so many other options it's a very rich tradition uh, just just that's my that's the insight it's not one box uh, and it evolves with life and just follow with where you evolve and it will lead you and definitely uh, i for i've been blessed with the guru so the guru plays a big role in clarifying the avidya to vidya right avidya is the incorrect swadharmas we we are born the society gives us the parent gives it vidya is the true swadharma the guru can point to but it's for us to jo- go from a to b that's just just a perspective there beautifully said muku beautifully said wonderful and thank you alpana yeah so i think what muku said is probably what i was going to say as well um but i'll just repeat it a little bit <laughs> maybe repetition helps as well um i think we discussed yes uh, what is the swadharma and we discussed what is the swabhav so swadharma is what we should do and that's the question we are seeking swabhav is the tendencies which are the conditioning of the mind over different births there's another word called swarup and that is what i think mukul was referring to when he said that enlightened state so our real swarup is that real self and actually the swadharma that's the way it is defined is to take that swabhav to swarup 
So that's why it's very important to distinguish between what is the Swabhav and what is the Swaroop. Swaroop is the real nature, that who am I, that, that question we've been trying to answer. And hence, um, I think all the things that were described earlier about those five types of Swadharma, which is Sadharan, then Varn, then Ashram, then Varn Ashram and Vishesh. Those are the five ones. Um, if we do go against it, that creates agitation and that takes in creating actually more Swabhav away from Swarup. And that's why those things become contextual and important. But eventually the goal is to reach the Swarup. And hence these things help unless you are ready you are ready to give up that swabhav is just mithya and i will be established and for those people then there is no swadharma um, just one more thing i wanted to add about the buddha story um, because we did discuss it quite a bit um, buddha was, actually buddha's parents were told that he'll be an ascetic so he was actually confined to his palace throughout his life and one day he went in a in a chariot outside and he saw four people one was bent with old age one was a corpse and one was suffering something uh, i think with some disease and then fourth one was a ascetic and it was the same night he left the palace so it was not that he had thought over it it was to find a solution to it but i don't think it was driven by I will show it to the people. It was for himself first, and then, and then he 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 obviously propagated. So uh, again, going back to the point, actually, varna is not by birth; it is by swabhav. So that is more important. But as I think uh, uh, Rajiv was saying, and we had a good laugh over it. Um, it's not easy to find the swadharma based upon our swabhav, because what we are naturally attracted towards may not be what we are really good at or what our swabhav is. So that's why those two things are different. And hence to identify it is very hard. So it was easier, I think, in the Satyug and Treta Yuga that you do it by birth. It's easier. You know what needs to be done and you just do it. And as Rajiv was mentioning, our kids are actually struggling. What they want to do, it's very hard for them to them to decide because they have all the options open and they have not necessarily a guidance available. What is best for them? There is nothing best per se as well, right? All type of jobs need to be done. So uh, that's where I think just identifying little bit of tendencies that, you know, even if, yeah, you can say you can work in a bank, but in a bank, what kind of role you will do? If it's inclined to your tendencies, you'll do slightly better otherwise there'll be agitation and then you'll move away from it so yeah those were my my points yeah and just to take just to kind of you know uh, take on from where alpana uh, you you stopped and it, I, I want to connect back to vp rajesh's question right you know uh, vp rajesh your question on the chat and also what you asked today uh, 
was that okay hey you know uh, if there is if there's no alignment between all the four levels right from spiritual to emotional to material to the tradition custom physical level you know how do we take major decisions right i think you know what alpana was saying was was the kind of framework that i i would probably use in my mind so if there's a conflict at some point of time between both then you got to you got to take the higher ground and say i'm going to take the decision that is more closer towards towards my swarup towards my real nature rather than towards my apparent you know understanding of who i am so maybe that's the it's it's a pretty hard decision to make trust me uh, not in all the all the cases that we'll be able to make the right decision but that is what is going to change the needle of the huge titanic and it's not going to hit the you know the iceberg at some point of time but it will it will change the needle if we make the decision this one thing i wanted to ask was like we are discussing who i am you know based on our swabhav and uh, swar uh, swabhav and what was i think swarup you know but why are we discussing that i, I mean i thought uh, we we have discussed in the past that i am not this i am not that and i'm nothing you know just the brahman uh, the you know the i mean then why are we discussing this who am i i mean based on my swabhav and swarup just i mean i don't know where that's, why, that's why i added if you are completely established in your swarup actually you don't have any swadharma you can do whatever you want there is nothing that stops you or we swarup meaning what your outer uh, appearance no. no your 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 real i swarup is what is your inherent i that real i am I'm, I'm, i'm not this i'm not that you know nothing yeah yeah but not then then why is my swarup important then why is my swarup if i am not anything i don't have a swarup but you are not nothing either huh? you are not this you are not this you are not this but you are not nothing either you are no thing you are not nothing you are no thing not struggling to understand this but still you are the substratum of everything actually you are everything but but that that's what the journey is so it will it will come when it comes um so when will we establish there then there will be no swadharma <laughs> Yeah, well said, uh, Alpana. Yeah, Alpana. Alpana, sorry, just one quick question. So you are right in what you are saying, but what, what, ha- how to deal with so dharma in the transactional world? I think that's what uh, most of us struggle with. Yeah, and I think that's where the swabhav part comes in. That yes, uh, based upon your tendency, and yet you know, trying to go towards the swaroop. So any action which will take you away. So if you are not following the yam niyams, your mind will be agitated. So you are moving away from swaroop, and you are creating more swabhav. You are creating more tendency because whatever you do will create then uh, more sanskar. So trying to stay away from that. So then those becomes the guide. Those become the guidelines. So yeah. to 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 quote Mark Twain on that, he says like you get uh, ex- you get you make good decisions. from experience and you get experience by making bad decisions <laughs> that's a favorite one in the stock market <laughs> i mean the way uh, that is the way i sort of understood and uh, rationalized this in my mind was that the subhav is uh, you know subhav leading to your sort of uh, you know uh, you know dharma is a 
is a is a combination of various factors i mean you might think you're good at something but you may not necessarily be good at it or you may not have the ability to uh, invest uh, time and effort to, to to kind of do that the circumstances may not be in your favor for a variety of reasons past karmas whatever uh, whatever else but at the end of the day once you get you know we all sort of in some shape or form get to our vishesh dharma which is our uh, which is our uh, you know duty specific duties that we take on as part of our uh, growing up and so once you know this, the 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 swabhava is ultimately a good starting point but once you've taken up a vishesh dharma that is what you need to just do i mean i mean there is you know so how are you absolutely everyone is right i mean you know it, it it may take you to where you want to be or you think you want to be but once you've kind of decided i mean i might be very good at uh, <clears throat> at, at at something else i might have become a banker i might be a bad banker but once i've become a banker i need to do what i need to do that's it right well, so i think the the focus I, therefore has to be on once you once you are in a certain role you have a certain duties just do it i mean it was fortunate that arjuna was a kshatriya and a good kshatriya and a good archer and therefore you know he had to fight or he, he should have he was he was it was right for him to fight the war but even if he was not a, if he was a reluctant uh, uh, kshatriya or a reluctant warrior once he has taken upon that duty it is it is he needs to just, just needs to do it but ajay yeah no, ajay yeah. doesn't that doesn't uh, preclude you from changing later right in the sense at that time yes you have that you you know this is the job that you have taken on and you have to do it no doubt that that doesn't prevent you from uh, you know re um, inventing yourself uh, yes, when indeed. when that realization comes in later right so absolutely yeah. I mean, and this is not cast in stone for your entire sort of lifetime. yeah exactly i just want to point that out <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah, what i was like it takes all type of people to make a team right why is a yeah. team better than an individual because different people have different tendencies and whatever they are best at they will do that so i think that's why yeah. i took the example of that if you are working in a bank try to do the things the way you yeah. want and i think and what you gel with Correct. bring that to the table more Correct. and more exactly yeah see somebody like, somebody like, might indeed yeah. yeah like if if you have certain tendencies and you are you are forced to do a work which is not matching very much to your tendencies you will get burnt out right you will be frustrated you will have lots of other issues physiological issues that you will end up with and i mean your health will start getting affected <clears throat> so i i had i had two sort of uh, sort of thoughts which kind of just you know i i've not been able to kind of get my head around it one is that this uh, whole varna system why was it sort of sort of cast in stone back in the in the in the mahabharata time or before that and what has changed that it is no longer uh, something that has to be based on birth uh, so for example if you recall the story of karna i mean he was born kshatriya but supposed to be not a kshatriya but he always wanted to be a kshatriya and no one would accept him so that you know the just 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 why was it so so sort of cast in stone at that time uh, so that's one thing which sort of i don't sort of seem to have a any sort of understanding of the second one is that when we talk about uh, about uh, swadharma right uh, you know uh, uh, 
Bhishma was a Kshatriya, right? So he was right in having, he was he's fighting the war on behalf of the Kauravas for his own good reasons, understand. But Drona was a, was a Brahmin. Why was he fighting the war? I mean, what was his, I mean, it just kind of conflicts with the whole sort of idea of Swadharma and duty in some way. Can I take a shot at the first question? Okay. So, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite, uh, your first question, let me just repeat that so that I, I make sure that I got it right. You know, what was, what was this concept about, uh, your question was, uh, you know, how did this concept of Varnashrama come about, the caste system come about, right? That, that was a question. Yeah. Why was, the, why was it inflexible at that time? Inflexible yeah. at the time. Okay. So, uh, so here is the thing, right? I think, I think if you, um, if you step back, you know, one of my favorite shlokas that I've uh, learned um, several years back is something called Purusha Sukta. Okay. And Purusha Sukta, basically Purusha is Brahman and Sukta is about that Brahman. That's what it is. And there, there is a, you know, two or three, uh, uh, one part of the Purusha Sukta goes as follows. And I'm going to chant it for you here at this point of time and then explain it the way that I've understood it. It says, Brahmano Mukhamasit Bahu Rajanya Krutaha Uru Tadasya Yadvaishya Padbhyagam Shudro Ajayata. That's what it says. So what it says is, see, like I said, the shloka is about the Brahman. So when these people were, when the rishis were composing that uh, Purusha Sukta, they asked multiple questions. How did this Brahman, that Brahman, that, that identity of who we are all became? How did we imagine this entire, uh, how did we imagine him? Okay, because he's, he's not comprehensible. He is not, uh, he's Aprame and all those things we know that, right? From, from the previous discussion of Gita. So this particular four shlokas in Purusha Sukta says this. What it says is, if you want to imagine how that, you know, that entity, that uh, Atma or Brahman is manifested in this world, there are multiple ways. And one way is it manifests the, the face of the Brahman the is man is the face of the brahman is manifested as brahmins in this world okay people who will be able to give gyan to the others about what that real entity is that's number one then how did the shoulders you know how can i ma imagine that brahm that the brahman as in this world then it says that all the people who have that kshatriya tendencies imagine them to be as shoulders of that particular entity Okay, that's the second one. Then the third it says is the the uh, all the trade the all the Vaishya people with that Vaishya tendency, right? The trading uh, trading and the agriculture and that that kind of a mindset. Imagine that to be as the thighs, uru uru of the that entity. And then finally it says all the people who need to support these three uh, different uh, entity. Okay, imagine them to be as the feet. Of that particular entity. So basically, the 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 one that you can't even imagine, you know, the people have tried to put it in a shloka form, and they say wherever you see a person who is able to tell you about that particular truth, think of him as that particular entity's mouth or face, right? And and you know they try to relate to different parts of the body. And so what I'm trying to say, why I'm saying all this thing is that it's not about the time of Mahabharata war, okay? Right from the time creation started, these four divisions have existed because the, the indivisible one has started manifesting itself in these four ways. 
it's the same entity that's been manifesting itself so wherever you see anybody behaving a particular way you have to make that assumption that it is that same brahman that's being projecting itself in that particular way sorry for the long answer no no very well said uh, rajesh so if i may add to that in one of swami chinmayananda's text he actually elaborates on it he says like at the time of so of course upanishads are uh, ancient there is no source it's the eternal truth but at some point it kind of got misunderstood enough that even like arjuna some of the questions he will ask like why are you asking me to fight i want to become an ascetic or i have to go do this thing he will he will try to resort to that option so people always thought oh i have to depend on this priest to do this yagnyas that is what they thought karma yoga meant and that is my only way to attain moksha and so in turn lord krishna and vyasa's genius was trying to come up with this to break that existing mold it was supposed to be a very revolutionary text that said no 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 you you do all your duties but you need not necessarily have to prescribe oh only the priest will go to the heaven or you have to do this yagna to go you can be doing this bhakti yoga and krishna himself gives all these various prescriptions like just put do everything in my name you will be fine or just do it for me dedicated to me you will be fine or just do your karma yoga and without results that is also fine and then he gives the jnana yoga which is the more easily understood one as the time so there's a very beautiful explanation of how that bhagavad gita itself was supposed to kind of cut across all the misunderstandings at that time and offer all this multiple paths and understanding to the same eternal truth but it's like very sad that again due to passage of time now bhagavad gita itself is now kind of used as like the foundational stone for oh this clearly says there is this hierarchy of human beings people are different some are high and some are low which is extremely very sad sad to mm-hmm. sad to see uh but but that commentary really uh, help i say try to find that uh, in digital text i'll copy and post it. it was so beautiful thank you so much yeah um we are we are at 725 you know uh, i i have I, i see three hands raised still uh, chitra kishore okay two uh, chitra and kishore i'm sorry <laughs> maybe it's not uh, i think you all moved on to different topics but uh, i just want to quickly uh, come back to what our initial discussion was was swadharma right what is my personal um, call of character as sees that's what swami chinmayananda is talking about when he is saying swadharma um but i think as humans um, we uh, we are trying to do two things here in this world right uh, one is finding ourselves so who am i and the other is um, um helping the world right so i think between these two most of our actions need to fall either this particular action or this particular call of character at this point is going to help me find myself or it's going to help the bigger purpose like in arjuna's case uh if if he fights the war he's going to let you know destroy the evil so it's a bigger purpose you know it's taking it's taking care of the at uh, that particular point whatever india or bharat you know it's going to establish uh, something good so then that becomes a swadharma because he is working towards a bigger good uh, but of course you know in our in our lives you know we are working with small communities and it's not like we have a big war to fight and all so i think what could help us to figure out at every point is uh, is this 
helping me either understand myself or is it helping the bigger world if my actions don't fall into either of these i am not doing my soul uh and i think for that we have to be really true about what is my intention is my intention to keep my physical body happy because you know i'm too lazy i don't want to really push myself or is my intention to keep my emotional body safe i don't want to get hurt so i don't want to do this so i think if we keep asking ourselves that question about what is it i think i'm going back to manu's question of what is my swadharma is i think if we can do that very um, with very truthfully i mean we don't have to tell others but truthfully to ourselves i think we would keep finding what our swadharma is at each moment Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And I, I think I, I, just to uh, uh, 728, just to summarize, you know, what we've been discussing so far, um, uh, you know, I want to go back to this analogy, right? Uh, most of us, we, we will struggle with uh, the concept of swadharma unless and until we know what the end goal that we have in our life is. If you ask anybody who's, who's having this struggling question, okay, what is your end goal? If that person is able to define, this is my end goal, then he will have no conflicts. but trust me all of us have this conflict because we either don't know what the end goal is or we don't convincingly believe that that is the end goal that we want to have that's the two things and to connect back to one of the questions what sonali asked right and which alpana you answered one uh, one one in one part one part of the question i was i was i was uh, trying to in my mind you know i i read i listened to her question in a slightly different way so you say okay if if i am who her question was okay, if if uh, i am not the body i am not the mind and everything i am nothing then why do we end up doing struggling right so my point was there is always a uh, there is always a slip between the cup and the lip what happens is that you know we may know that you know we are not this body body or mind or all that but we will we will not behave like that unfortunately in our in our in our day to day life that's because we don't take ownership of who we truly are so we have that misplaced sense of identity and then going back to muku's point it's every day when we do anything then we got to understand who you truly are okay and then start behaving like that and to my favorite quote fake it till you make it that's what you got to do um rajesh i know it's uh, 7:30 so i'll not go into the detail but i just want to point out the um, the tendencies that we talked about um yeah, i think it would we have to also talk about uh, gunas right the uh satoguna rajoguna and tamoguna and the combination which determines that right so uh, we can probably take it up next uh, next week but i just want to point that out as a way to understand this yeah so we will uh, i i don't think that we uh, you know i if, if i were uh, to take a call i don't think that we want to move forward uh, to the next shlokas we will have to mull on this because i can tell you that this is a very very important topic for us to really really uh, think it think it over a long long term i don't think you know in one hour or two hours this decisions will come out or insights will come out it will take time for us uh, to mature this to mature this thinking so if you if you guys are okay let's continue with the same set of 10 shlokas for next week also and my request is in a play, let's start thinking about you know from an individual context let's not think in the context of arjuna or you know you or or other mythological characters let's take our own our own life and our own uh, circumstances and then 
try to define what is our swadharma is i think in that in that fashion then it will become a little bit more easier because the conflicts will be a lot a lot many more because we are in that situation we will find that there are a lot of conflicts okay and let's keep the chat going and i'm pretty sure that uh, you know we will get more insights from each other and learn from each other and by the way i i'm going to just rename this group as uh, no more as geeta uh, geeta group or whatever i'm going to call it as geeta satsang i hope all of you have uh, are okay with it okay with that uh, let's uh, get to our concluding prayer om sahana oh sorry om asato ma sadgamaya tamaso ma jyotirgamaya mrutyorma mrutangamaya om shanti 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 he sri gurubhyo namaha hari om sarve jana sukhino bhavantu om shanti 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 he thank you so much enjoyed an intense discussion today and look forward to continuing next week thank you and we have swami spg's last lecture on that same series today is actually non dual awakening if anybody wants to join i'll post the link yeah thank you please also post the notes like <laughs> <laughs> can you get the recordings of those uh, lectures they are there yeah the lectures are there uh, uh, i clicked on the previous link and it says it's private i didn't open the last lecture that you had posted it will be published a week later so i think the oh. last one should be there i have to do a youtube search i will i'll post i'll send you the links okay yeah. thanks so today's will be available then a week later thank you bye everyone thank you bye bye hariyo hariyo